Where do you see your career in 10 years? What are you doing now to help you get there? The sooner you start enhancing your skills, the sooner you'll be ready. That's why AARP has reskilling courses in a variety of categories like marketing and management to help your income live as long as you do. That's right. AARP has a bevy of free skill building courses for you to choose from because the steps that you choose to take today will help you to love what you do in the future. And that's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, so whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well, what better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. I'm Matt. And today we're discussing using credit cards as nature intended. Yeah, not to immediately polarize everybody, but we think that there is a right way of going about using credit cards and a wrong way. There's a way that nature intended <laughs> for us to use credit cards, and that's what we're talking about When today. we crawled forth from the primordial <laughs> ooze, there was a way to use the plastic properly, and a lot of people... This is a polarizing topic. That's kind of... When we started to think about this episode, we were like, man, there's, there's comments from people right and left in the personal finance space, some either DFI credit card usage or and some demonize it and you and i we're of course in that shades of gray area and we want to talk about how to use them the right way because when you do then you're going to gain benefits and if you use them improperly you're screwing yourself yeah and, and especially with a topic that does kind of fall in that middle ground it is important for us to come back and to revisit a topic like this right it's not like a, in a like talking about investing that is really important and mm-hmm. we're planning to do that soon as well but when you have a topic like this that could go either way it's probably worth us revisiting these types of topics well and we're even uh, more often than not in an attempt to be fair we're even going to steal man the arguments yep. from the other side so we're going to kind of try to take a balanced approach and say hey here's where credit cards fall short as a strategy here's where they might make sense and then you engage <laughs> to decide what you think is best based on all the information we're going to try to present here. But before we get to that, Matt, I wanted to mention that uh, when you're trying to get someone to make a behavior change, I've always thought this, but I've never been great at implementing it, but uh, carrots are better than sticks, right? So, and what I mean by that depends on who you're talking to. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think this is literally a conversation Kate and I had last night about one of our kids because we're trying to figure out what is actually going to work best for this particular child, given this particular situation? We've tried both. 
neither work. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> in this case, sometimes you just have to, um, you know, give them up for adoption. That's yeah. one. That's one choice. Let's try. But depending on the situation, I would say a lot of times a carrot makes more sense. And our uh, illustrious power company here, where we live, Matt, they actually kind of took this to heart and they offer a discount for paying early instead of a penalty for paying late. And I think that's great. Uh, and it makes me want to pay my bill early because I want to pay the least amount possible. But it, I, I don't know. I think it, it is going to incentivize a lot of people to approach their power bill the right way, get yeah. energized about paying it instead of feeling like an idiot if yeah. they don't pay it on time. Energized. <laughs> pay your power bill. Yeah. Well, and it makes me think too, as a mom and pop landlord, this is the kind of thing I'm trying to implement in in my leases moving forward with, with tenants is to say, hey, instead of a late fee for being five days, 10 late, days late on your on your rent, how about a positive incentive to pay your rent on time. And maybe that reframes it for somebody and makes them more likely to do that. Yeah, that's true. I, it just depends on the individual, right? Because I see a paying quote unquote early as just paying on time. Like like the way I process things, I'm like, oh yeah, well that's the price that you're going to charge me because I pay my bill when I'm supposed to, as as opposed to being penalized when I'm late, you know? And well, so, you've got a, an iron trap up there. A lot of people though, they're, they're easily manipulated. It's, it's, it's set up to auto pay. <laughs> <laughs> and so I guess what they're, maybe what the power company is trying to do is just incentivize folks to get enrolled so that it's not something that you have to worry about. Therefore, we have to spend less time on collections and yeah. hounding folks. But yeah, I, I've not thought about doing that with properties, but that could be a very, very cool way. Maybe if you have a, like, what if you pay before the first? Yeah. Like something like that. That's like what I'm saying. If you, you pay, you're going to have three different prices by the 30th or 31st. Or then in it the starts case getting complicated. February the you 28th. Know? We'll pay the day before it's due. If you pay the day before it's due, you get a $50 Take life 50 reduction. bucks off. Yeah. Nice. Like, I mean, the, my guess is that if you implemented that tomorrow, more of your tenants would pay before it's due as opposed to like taking that grace period up until you, the, you know yeah. the, the last day possible even if you went ahead and charged if you went ahead and, and raised the standard rent by 50 bucks the psychological what you're saying is the psychological component would kick in and cause yeah. people to, to pay early I think so yeah. I think so so I was <laughs> glad to see this I think that's one of those things where we we don't give as much credence as we could to psychology and, and there's ways to motivate people I think to do the right thing without like making them feel like idiots for sure. you know for being a little late instead let's let's incentivize them let's give a, a positive encouragement to do the right thing earlier totally all right the beer that you and i are going to enjoy during this episode is called the judge and this is a chocolate vanilla porter from memphis made brewing company looking forward to enjoying this one and we will share our thoughts at the end of the episode for sure all right but let's get on to the subject at hand map we're talking about using credit cards as nature intended. And if you've been listening for any length of time, Matt, you just mentioned the, the craft beer we're drinking on this episode. Of course, any How to Money listener knows Matt and Joel like beer, right? And not just crap beer, but good beer, right? Mm -hmm. And we're, we're drinking this one here. Looking did, forward to talking about it at the end of the episode. But did you say crap beer? I don't know, maybe. You said not crap beer. You said good beer. Yeah. Okay. Not crap beer, craft beer. <laughs> crap beer sounds a lot like craft beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a subtle difference. There. Okay. But I, I think... Interestingly enough, we're talking about how credit cards can be polarizing. Well, booze can also be a polarizing subject. We've had emails from folks who say they'd like to listen to the show, but they just can't do it because of our stance on alcohol. We've heard from other folks who attend their local religious congregation and they tell us, hey, we'd happily tell everyone <laughs> we know about you guys, but you got to kick the, the beer thing to the curb. And at least in some circles, 
kind of like the one I grew up in, uh, beer can be a polarizing thing. But uh, I, I want to say two things. One, we, I don't fault those folks. If our affinity for beer isn't your cup of tea, that's okay. We, we're not going to force you to listen. We can't force you to listen. But it's also important to mention that we can't please everyone. You know, we might not say it enough, but we practice moderation. Matt and I do. We, we don't drink very much. We limit our intake. And that's a really important thing to us. But yeah, there are other things that can be just as polarizing, like credit cards. Everyone's got a hot take out there. They're either the greatest thing since sliced bread, or they'll ruin you overnight. Sure. But reality, <laughs> it's a bit more nuanced, and that's what we want to discuss yeah. today. Nuanced or being logical, a balanced approach. These are not prized or att- attributes in our society today. They don't uh, make especially for when it comes to mass media. A hefty TikTok following. No. Yeah. Hot takes and off the cuff remarks. Uh, those end up getting all the press. There is often often little room for those shades of gray that we talked about in the world that we live in. On that note, billionaire businessman Mark Cuban, <laughs> he uh, he recently said that if you use credit cards, you don't want to be rich. Obviously, great hot take for all the writers over there at CNBC. They're like, they, <laughs> they love that kind of stuff. Let me start writing this article now. He, he makes it sound like credit cards are the devil with those remarks, kind of like Bobby Boucher, uh, <laughs> foosball territory. Uh, but of course, they are not. Uh, in fact, there are a lot of How to Money listeners out there who are on their wealth building journey while simultaneously using credit cards. We most definitely fall into that camp as well. We're, we are with you on that. So today we are going to discuss the pros and the cons of credit cards. And then we're going to talk about how to use credit cards most effectively, how it is that you can optimize that use. We're going to discuss all of that today. All right. So let's let's do it. because And let's first give some credence maybe to Mark Cuban because he is right at least in part. Uh, and, and let's go through some of the biggest reasons to not use credit cards. Some of the main reasons that the people who say that they are the devil, why do they say that? Well, we're going to get into that in just a second. But I think Cuban is right when he says credit cards aren't going to make you rich. That's true. I 100% well, he, agree with him on that. He didn't say that. He, he said that they're going to keep you from getting rich. Uh, well, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> but like, if he's talking about like that they won't make you rich, I think that... Well, you and I could totally get point. behind that. Yeah. Like, nobody's going to sign up for all the credit cards in the world and be like, that's how I did it. Right. Like, Look at all the... That's the secret to my success. Bonus points and rewards. That's how I funded retirement. No, it's going to take a whole lot more than that, right? Right. If, if we were to talk about wealth, Matt, for building wealth for like three hours... It's unlikely that credit card usage would even come up in that conversation. There are so many more levers that you need to pull. Credit cards are a peripheral way to uh, boost your finances, right? They're not some magic secret sauce to building wealth. That's that's for sure. And uh, it's still, that doesn't mean that they can't play a role in your personal finances. But before you know, we talk about the, the proper use, what we like about credit cards, let's just pay some service and talk about the biggest cons to using them and some of the reasons that people should consider avoiding credit cards altogether. Of course, yeah. I mean, you said earlier that we're going to steal, man. That being said, we are always careful and we always want to make sure that folks are using credit cards the the right way because if you do not use this financial tool properly, it really could shipwreck your finances, right? If you can't pay the bill on time and in full, it's going to cost you big money every single month because well, interest rates, they're going up. And so that means that your lack of disciplined use, your your lack of disciplined spending is going to cost you even more money. And this is, of course, the biggest potential downfall of using credit cards. 
And even a few months of poor credit card usage can dig you a hole so deep that it'll often take you years then to climb out of it. And so while this is a major con and certainly is a reason for caution, like this alone doesn't lead us to think that credit cards should be off limits. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're talking about how a credit card is a tool, right? Like it makes me think about just using like a knife in the kitchen. And just because it could potentially cause you harm, does that mean that that is now a tool that you completely avoid? For the rest of your life? No, absolutely not. You instead learn how to properly hold a knife. You learn how to dice vegetables, or in your case, trim fat off of a brisket, Joel. <laughs> um, yeah, veggie. I was like, that does not compute. I don't eat vegetables. Like you learn how I to do eat vegetables. You do sometimes. occasionally, but you learn how to take care of a knife, how to keep it sharp, yeah. uh, because all of these things are just the proper way of using that tool. Like to say, it's such a infantilizing view to say that, oh, this could cause you harm. Therefore, you shouldn't ever be allowed to, mm -hmm. to use it. That is not the approach that we take when it comes to things like credit cards or other tools in yeah, our lives. I think you're right. Infantilizing it, it we're treating it adults like children and it's yeah. and it's not that there aren't risks uh, here when you we use credit cards that's what we're talking about now the first one you just mentioned improper use if you use a credit card improperly and you're racking up debt because you can't control your spending that's one reason to consider not using them at all mm -hmm. another another reason that a lot of people point to and i think they make a good point is that it can lead to overspending right because even if you can and do use the tool properly there are other potential downsides to using plastic for everything. And some folks, they spend more using a credit card because it doesn't feel like real money to them. Swiping. It's just so easy. And I guess we're not really swiping anymore. We're more like inserting or tapping, tapping which I did. I love tapping. Tapping is great. It's the greatest. <laughs> it's so much, so much better. Like well, I hate inserting now. Well, the inserts, it felt like a step backwards, right? Sure. Like, like we've been swiping for years Thanks and then longer. they switched to the insert. And then on top of that, it's got that bam, bam, bam like sound effect which but just being able to set it on top of like the little square device for like a split second uh -huh. man, i love it it's nice yeah. right and it's it but it just doesn't uh, trigger the same psychological response that happens when we fork over actual greenbacks mm, when that's, you have to, that's what they say yeah yeah and when you have to reach into your wallet we have to pull out cash it's like there's some sort of like uh mental pain that comes along with it that's actually good for us is what the studies like you're show, literally right? giving something over but there's also there's been there's other studies that say the opposite yeah of that as well well and there's also uh, i think part of it is generational and it's changing yeah, exactly and i think we've heard from a lot of our younger listeners who say actually it's more painful <laughs> for me to use my credit card cash feels like the free money so i think yep. uh, depending on how you were raised what uh, era you were born in that it might not ring true in the same way but I think it is important to mention some people, probably a good chunk of people, are mm -hmm. more likely to overspend because uh, maybe they get excited about earning the rewards or they just uh, or it doesn't make them feel the pain of spending money in the same way when they're using plastic, when they're using a credit card. And so, yeah, I think that is a potential problem that credit card users run up against. Yeah, there, there, there definitely seems like, I mean, if you were only using cash, I would totally agree to, uh, with the fact that it's going to seem like there's more of a finite amount of resources, mm -hmm. right? Because that's the thing with credit cards. If you're doing cards, the envelope method, you can't overspend. Exactly. Yeah. When you've got a credit card uh, or even a debit card for that matter, I mean, you're not really thinking about how much do I have left in this particular category uh, when it comes to groceries or, mm -hmm. you know, eating out, uh, it does feel a bit more limitless, which yeah. which I totally get. Yeah. And so even if you are not using it improperly in a way, like even if you are disciplined about paying that credit card bill off on time and in full each month, you still might end up spending 
more than you'd like to. And that is a problem, right? Because you're trying to accomplish all sorts of money goals. And if you're spending too much because it's easy, that's a problem. And I think one thing that could remedy this, Matt, there was a study I saw about uh, printing credit card balances on receipts every time we purchase something. That would be helpful, I think. Then all of a sudden it wouldn't feel limitless because you're like, oh, that's how much I have left. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Or that's how much I've spent this month. That's what the balance is at. Those kind of reminders, I think, would um, trigger something in us that would be helpful. So yeah, yeah, limits can be helpful or balances can be helpful. I'm not sure that's going to happen anytime (laughs) soon, but I kind of wish it would because I think that would at least help on this front. Yeah. But going back to maybe what some more younger listeners are experiencing, I totally agree. I am because the majority of my finances are digital. Anytime I have cash on hand, it does not feel like real money because I don't have a way for accounting for that money. It's not incorporated into my overall finances. And so it really does just feel like I can spend it on whatever the heck I want to spend it on. It feels like blow money. Uh, And so I totally sure kids we're getting ice cream yeah i'm like cash on exactly it's like i got a couple 20s in the wallet oh forgot those were there (laughs) yeah but yeah definitely something to keep in mind uh another con to credit cards um and so what's interesting is that the last one so overspending jesse meacham he actually kind of touched on that a little bit he's talking about an experiment that he's going to be conducting this year on himself so jesse meacham the founder of ynab you need a budget when when he came on the show recently when he came on the uh, show yeah we'll link to that episode in our show notes because we had a an awesome conversation about budgeting during that episode. But he also touched on an aspect of credit cards that we haven't really explored, which is, again, why I'm glad we're having this conversation now, which is he brought up, I guess, the the moral nature of credit cards. You know, he, like he brought up the question as to whether or not it's ethical. And I think that's worth that's worth considering uh, the fact that some folks benefit at the expense of others. That's that's definitely one of the downsides of credit cards. Estimates show that $15 billion is redistributed annually from uh, uneducated consumers who are using their credit cards improperly to educated ones via credit cards. And, you know, it's not the same as the lottery, but the truth is that lottery tickets, right, they often act like an additional tax on the poorest in our society. Uh, and the tax dollars from lotto purchases, they often fund things that then benefit those who have more, uh, like funding higher education for uh, middle and upper class kids. Well, credit card rewards are only a reality because a certain subset of the population ends up paying the bank uh, pretty big money in interest on a consistent basis. That's where all those dollars come from. Uh, and so with that in mind, uh, should we avoid using them because of this dynamic, right? Like, should you not take the scholarship money out there because of how those tax dollars were, were garnered? Well, we don't think so. That, that being said, you know, these are personal questions uh, that you'll have to wrestle with. Mm-hmm. And for me, I, th- I think another way to maybe think about this is like supply and demand, right? And so as an individual, if you want to no longer participate in using credit cards because the re- you feel the rewards that you're getting are maybe unjust, what you're doing, you're you're basically removing one small little bit of demand of those rewards from the banks. But the thing is, is that demand doesn't then immediately translate into reduced need for supply because the banks essentially act as like a middleman. And even though you're demanding less from the bank, Does that mean that they're going to demand less from the people who are using credit cards improperly? No. In fact, banks are better off because they're saying, oh, okay, there's fewer rewards. We need to (laughs) we we (laughs) To need to pay pay that guy who's feeling conflicted about about using our cards. And so if you want to do that, I think that's that's totally fine. But, you know, our approach is to instead don't address the, the demand side of the equation. Instead, look at the supply part of the equation. First of all, I think it's better because like you are directly 
helping and hopefully educating and informing an individual as to how it is that they should be using a credit card. Yeah. And so literally there's change that's happening there for that person who, who you're able to impact. But secondly, you are directly impacting the amount of money that these banks are making. Sure. And it forces change, right? Yeah, like they, exactly. they, no, they no longer have at, a choice. At some point, if enough people get educated and enough people start changing yep. habits and they're not paying interest to Visa and MasterCard. They will guys, have to then change the reward programs. Yeah, they're not going to be able to yep. offer the robust rewards, the massive sign up bonuses, yeah. the great travel points and the great secondary perks, like all that kind of stuff. Like they just have to say, we got to tamp down on all this and credit cards aren't going to be as lucrative anymore. Totally. But I don't yep. know of another way to upend the system. And so yeah. just F- I, focusing on the demand side, in my opinion, just feels flawed it's because just, it's banks like, will continue to make bukus of cash and then use that money to build nice buildings in yeah. all the cities that they're headquarters, <laughs> headquartered <laughs> right. in, right? Well, and it makes me think of credit scores. Just because the credit uh, scoring system is flawed and the big uh, credit bureaus suck majorly, that doesn't mean we opt out completely and we say credit scores don't matter. There's like a game we have to play. We have to be savvy about the game we're playing. And it doesn't mean we have to buy into it hook, line, and sinker. But it does. Uh, but I, I think removing ourselves from the equation isn't necessarily helping broader society. And it's not the best move for us personally. Either. Sure. Yep. But uh, by the way, we are all on, on that note, Matt, we're all paying a price for the reality of credit cards, no matter what we do, because Visa and MasterCard, they make money from those swipe fees or from the tap fees now, you might call them. And very few retailers charge credit card users more than cash payers. So if you're paying in cash, you're actually subsidizing the benefits that credit card users receive because that swipe fee is built into the sticker price. So you kind of might think about it like that too. You're kind of overcoming some of that swipe fee by using credit cards well. But um, yeah, so these are a few things. They're very much worth considering. If you can't use them properly, if they they, uh, lead you to overspend, if you're not sure about the ethical ramifications of credit cards and if, if you are worried about kind of the way the system works, those are decent reasons, I think, to opt out. They're worth mentioning at least. But now that we've talked about the downsides of credit card usage, Matt, let's talk about the pros. And then we're actually going to give a, uh, a credit card optimization strategy that Matt and I have kind of thought through. We'll, we'll get to that right after this. You probably think it's too soon to join AARP, right? Well, let's take a minute to talk about it. Where do you see yourself in 15 years? More specifically, your career, your health, your social life. What are you doing now to help you to get there? Well, there are tons of ways for you to start preparing today for your future with AARP. What about that dream job you've dreamt about? Sign up for AARP reskilling courses to help make it a reality. How about that active lifestyle you've only spoken about from the couch? AARP has health tips and wellness tools to keep you moving for years to come. But none of these experiences are without making friends along the way. Connect with your community through AARP volunteer events. So it's safe to say it's never too soon to join AARP. They're here to help your money, your health and happiness live as long as you do. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org slash wise friend. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. 
It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Cachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using cachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out cachava. Just go to cachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money i'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans we always like to get the families together matt for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer we've already got that trip to saint simon's on the calendar pump for that but sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host, or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, Or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. All right, we are talking about the proper way to use credit cards as nature intended. And now that we just covered all the cons, and hopefully, I, I feel like we did make a pretty good case against using credit cards. Even though we started making an argument for, <laughs> uh, I, I guess for I not mean, I like, we didn't for not opting out, there I think there's just a more effective way of going about that with your actions. Yeah. On both in both cases, it's a very small impact that you're going to have, but one of those still feels more impactful than the other. Well, and some individuals like that. That's kind of a that's not a reason I don't think to ban credit cards or for everybody out there not to use them. Um, but I think those some of those things will apply to some people, and if you can't use credit cards wisely. We have always said this, that you shouldn't be using them. And that totally, and let's be honest, when we look at the numbers, it is something close to half of Americans don't use credit cards wisely. They're not paying off their balance on time and in full every month. And if you are one of those people, you shouldn't be using credit cards, at least for now. That doesn't mean that at some point, once you get your act together, that you can't start to re-implement credit cards into how you use it. I'd go slow and steady and try to make sure you don't get ease, yourself in, this, ease on in the same position yeah. that you were in. But it's really important that uh, to mention that for a lot of people, credit cards do not make the most sense. Sure. That being said, I think for our listeners, hopefully it's, it's a higher percentage of folks who are paying oh, their bills off. I, I hope, hope it's more so. like 80, at least 80. I would hope so. 90%. Yeah. What do you think? And I think so. Based think, on the interactions we have with like listeners, that? there's a lot of people who really know what they're doing. They're optimizing. Yeah, and so, so this is a thing where, yeah, they're like, well, yeah, I, I, I get that that's half of Americans, but yeah, it's probably... I think more of our listeners might be... 10% de- of how to money listeners. Right. Might be wrestling with like the ethical side of things. Yeah. And hopefully we gave some, I don't know, at least a framework to help you to think about that for yourself. Yeah. But let's now talk about some of the pros, some of the arguments for using credit cards today, which first of all, I mean, it kind of feels like a necessity in our modern society, which I mean, I guess they aren't like you could use cash in some places and and use a debit card everywhere else. Uh, But just given the reality of online commerce, 
We, it's really tough to get by without plastic in yeah. general. You um, can't be like, Amazon, I'm going to mail you dollar bills. How's that going to work out? Like, no. Can I not. send you a check? Like, yeah. is that even possible? I don't know. I don't think it is. I don't think so. Uh, and like, similarly, Amazon actually does have some sort of do they really? weird system where you can go to a particular place and deposit cash and have it credited to your account. I forget exactly how that works, but I'm pretty sure they have something like that. But I'm going to look that up. A lot I'm, of I'm on- actually fascinated by that. They're one of the only on- <laughs> online retailers that offer something like that. Okay, though. so it, it kind of makes me think about uh, how necessary it is to have a car today, right? Because they're, you know, someone could argue that they aren't totally necessary. That's that's definitely true. But your life would look a lot different if you only got around with your two legs, or if you only got around on a bike. Having a car, it comes in handy when it's raining, when you're trying to get out, get out of town. Our recent trip to Louisville would have looked a lot different if we didn't <laughs> take a car. It, it would have. Uh, and similarly, it's really handy to have a credit card to use every now and then. Uh, I mean, we'll get to rewards in a little bit, but like, how else are you going to pay for those plane tickets to Tahiti? You know, I'm not going to pay for those like using cash. I'm going to use the points for that. I'm not going to Tahiti, by the way. I'm still working on that the Southwest Companion Pass. There you go. Uh, but we'll talk about you know debit cards in a little bit and why we think they are actually inferior. But since we gave some of the, the best arguments against using credit cards, you know the fact that you might spend more, that it's questionable from an ethical standpoint, let's definitely make sure that we are giving some of the best reasons for using them as well. Let's do it. Okay, one thing. They help you establish a credit score. And I mentioned <laughs> before the break, the credit mm-hmm. scoring model, not our favorite, but bottom line, it's how the financial industry works. And it's, you know, when we're talking about an easily identifiable way of determining your credit worthiness, this is how it's done, right? This is how it's done now. And so you you need to play the game to boost your score and uh, credit cards help you do that. Responsible credit card usage is one of those things that will contribute to a robust credit score. I mean, yeah, like 90% of like is the, I, I guess the new uh, the new inquiries for credit. Like that is the only thing that wouldn't necessarily be impacted by you having a credit card. Literally everything else that makes up your score is impacted yeah. by having a credit card and paying it and using it properly. Yeah. And, and it's going to impact so many different things, right? Having that great credit score, like what you pay for car insurance. And Matt, we just talked about on a Friday flight, how much more you pay for car insurance if your credit score sucks. Uh, a lot more. It's like double, like no joke. And so if you want to pay $3,000 a year because your credit score stinks because you said, I'm, you know, I don't want to play by... I'm not playing by your rules. Well, you can do that, but it's going to cost you money in the long run. And so smart credit card usage over time will propel your score upward, which is a good thing when it comes to borrowing uh, to get that home loan or yeah, what you pay for car insurance. It's just going to have major ramifications on that front. It's also a good reason to have a credit card if you're planning to do some travel, specifically if you're looking to travel overseas. Again, you could use a debit card here, but credit cards, they offer a superior exchange rate and they ensure that, that, that you don't have to carry around a bunch of cash on your person in a, in a foreign place, you know, like you don't have to keep that cash fanny pack around your waist tucked into your pants and <laughs> I don't want to have to mess with that. Right. <laughs> uh, some of our favorite cards come with a 0% foreign transaction fee, so there's no charge to you there. Uh, but the exchange rate is also going to be better for you than pulling cash out of an ATM with your debit card as well. I like taking my no foreign fee debit card as well in case I am looking to pull a little bit of cash if you're going to visit like a like an open air market, that kind of thing, where they're only taking cash. But there's no way I would travel without an actual credit card in order to, to make most purchases that, yeah. that you would incur while you're abroad. For sure. Yeah, you definitely want a little bit of loose cash for some things, you know, depending on where you're going and what you're going to do. Tip, having yeah. some on, on hand for that. 
Uh, yeah, and like let's say you're getting food at a little stall on the street or something like that. Like you're, you're probably going to want to pay in cash there. So you're going to want to have some cash on your person. But credit cards for all of the purchases overseas just makes sense to me. That's a really important reason to have them. Also, credit cards come with superior protections. And there was actually an article in the Washington Post last week, Matt, where the author uh, mentioned that she had a $1,300 charge from Apple on her card. No, she had not just bought a new MacBook. It was a fraudulent purchase. And and if that had happened with her debit card, she'd have an even bigger problem on her hands. Mm-hmm. She, she'd be trying to, to claw back stolen funds, which would have impacted her ability to pay her other bills. Instead of just trying to get a fraudulent charge removed, which is a little pain in the butt, it would have been a much, much bigger headache. And, and plus, if it takes you a while to notice, you could be out that money for good. Debit cards, they just don't have the same protections uh, federally speaking, from a legal standpoint, as credit cards. And this is something that doesn't get mentioned enough, but it is something we see as a vitally important reason to prioritize credit cards as a method of payment, those superior protections, and the fact that you'll be hassled far less if fraud does occur. Man, those are two big check marks right there in the credit card box. For yeah. Me. Yeah, yeah. Debit cards, they do have some protection, but you have to notice fraudulent transactions or you have to notice that your card's missing. If you don't notice that within two days, you can be on the on the hook for up to 500 bucks. Uh, here's the other thing. Here's the real kicker, dude. If you don't notice within two months, and I'm sure most of our listeners, again, are thinking, how would you not notice a charge leaving your checking account? A lot of people there are a lot of attention. people who do not budget, who do not track their expenses. And if that's you, and if there's been a fraudulent charge and it's been over two months, specifically 60 days, uh, there is no limit <laughs> to the amount of money that you are liable for. Uh, and so with, with credit cards, oftentimes, there, well, there is a maximum of $50, but most cards say that you are liable for $0 mm-hmm. for any fraudulent charges. Uh, another pro, another argument for using credit cards is that they're, it's, it's easier to track spending. And so maybe you're thinking, well, I do better you know, putting cash in an actual envelope. But if you're tracking your finances using digital means like YNAB, uh, you need to budget or using Mint, it is so much easier to categorize and actually keep up with your spending into at the end of every year. Kate and I, we always do a year, an, an annual review and we look at where it is that we have spent our money that year. We compare it to previous years. Like I've got a special sheet and I copy and paste all of those expenses over and we get to see different trends and we can see that, oh, wow, we are spending a lot more <laughs> uh, this this year. One of the things was uh, was our grocery bill. Uh, in part, we've talked about this, but once we started shopping at Costco, we, we saw that skyrocket. But it allows us to make some of these overarching large changes to our budget. It allows us to kind of tighten the belt in certain areas. It allows us to say, hey, we didn't spend in this one area, even though we had set aside a certain amount of money. Let's make sure that we are working harder to spend our money in ways that we say is actually important to us. Hmm. But, you know, knowing where your money is going, it is a personal finance necessity. And spending on credit cards and and having those transactions accumulating just in one place like that, it makes it so much easier from a a money management perspective. Essentially, your statement that you receive receive every month, it's almost as if you have your own personal like CFA and they're just like sending you financial reports (laughs) of like, here you go, sir. Uh, And that's not necessarily something you have if you you are doing the cash envelope system. For sure. Yeah. All right. So another pro of credit cards, and this one is the calling card, really. 
that most people associate as the biggest benefit of credit cards, which might not be the biggest benefit, but it's it's at least the one that gets the biggest headlines, and that is the rewards that you get from using credit cards. It's good good that we save the best for last. Yes, yeah. <laughs> well, and there's more too, but uh, we'll, we'll save that for later. But yeah, every, everyone knows about this part of credit cards, and that's what most people are hankering for, right? They can mention on every single commercial, and and you know we talk about the massively lucrative sign-up bonuses, and and then even more recurring rewards that smart people can maximize to the tune of thousands of dollars a year or if you know you're not into dollars as much you're into more valuable travel perks you can do that as well and here's the other thing that makes these credit card rewards so valuable is you don't get taxed on them right which just makes them even better because if you sign up for a new bank account to score a bonus which i have done i did this past year that money gets taxed i just got in the mail, my 1099 INT from a bank saying, hey, glad you got the sign-up bonus. Now pay Uncle Sam a portion of it. And so while that was still a good move for me to make, credit card bonuses don't come with any sort of taxes associated with them. And the rewards can be significant. But again, and I feel like we're going to have to keep saying this, don't let the rewards tail wag the dog. Credit card rewards can be great. But spending more to juice your rewards is foolish. And that's, again, part of what the the naysayers will say about credit cards. Well, people get so excited about these rewards that they end up spending more than they should. And it's true for some people that they end up doing that. And you have to be careful. You have to be cautious because rewards can be great. But if you're spending more to get more rewards, it's just like spending money when you weren't intending to because something was 50% off. Oh, I got this great discount, you know? And it's like, well, yeah, but you weren't planning on buying that. And so actually uh, you, you like to think that you saved what you spent. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's the same folks that might fi- fall prey to a really sweet deal, uh, a really big sale. would be like, look how much money I saved. It's like, well, what if that sale didn't exist and you yeah. didn't spend any of that money at all to begin with? Were you planning on buying that, th- that thing anyway? If you weren't, yeah. then yeah, yeah. again, you spent, you didn't save. Exactly, yeah. So it's, yeah, like you said, important to keep in mind that those rewards certainly, they're not going to make you rich, but they can be a nice perk. But in order to make sure that your desire for rewards isn't working against you, it's crucial to use your cards properly. Um, those rewards can feel exciting, right? Like it can feel a lot of fun as you're getting thousands. You know, it's it's also smart that they're not tying it to the actual dollar reward that you get, but it's to the cent. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like, oh, eighty thousand points. It's like, yeah, yeah, like eighty thousand pennies. You know, right, yeah. <laughs> I know it sounds nicer than it is. Yeah, exactly. It's slightly inflated there. But if you spend more because the bank says you can, right? Or if you can't pay the bill on time every single month, using credit cards does not make sense. Uh, Minimum payments, they are not enough. The full balance needs to be paid. You've got to be disciplined in order for the rewards to make sense. If not, just completely avoid them altogether. Okay, let's address debit cards here for a second too, Matt, because we mentioned that they don't come with the same protections as credit cards. But a lot of people, a lot of people think, well, they're basically the same thing. And so I'm going to use debit cards because what's the difference? And it's preventing me from racking up debt and spending money that I don't have. And while I get that like desire, I get the impetus, they, they might look the same, but they, they're not the same and they don't have the same protections and they don't offer the same rewards either. There's no sign-up bonuses for debit cards. There are no free travel perks. There are also rarely any cashback rewards attached to debit cards either. In fact, you know, one of the only ones we know of is the Discover debit card, which gives you 1% cash back. So that's at least our favorite from a debit card perspective. But 
even that is still not as rewarding as spend the spending you do with a credit card. But I think the biggest downer is those protections that debit cards lack that credit cards have. If changes were made to federal law to make debit cards uh, have the, have those exact same protections, I think I would feel more comfortable pushing people in that direction. But yeah, I don't want my cash ripped out of my account and then have to go like begging the bank to give it back. That sounds like a pain in the butt. But after the break, we're going to talk about credit card optimization. How can you make uh, the credit cards that you have work better for you or get the one that maybe makes the most sense uh, for how you spend? Well, we'll talk about that right after this. You probably think it's too soon to join AARP, right? Well, let's take a minute to talk about it. Where do you see yourself in 15 years? More specifically, your career, your health, your social life. What are you doing now to help you to get there? Well, there are tons of ways for you to start preparing today for your future with AARP. What about that dream job you've dreamt about? Sign up for AARP reskilling courses to help make it a reality. How about that active lifestyle you've only spoken about from the couch? AARP has health tips and wellness tools to keep you moving for years to come. But none of these experiences are without making friends along the way. Connect with your community through AARP volunteer events. So it's safe to say it's never too soon to join AARP. They're here to help your money, your health and happiness live as long as you do. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at AARP.org slash wise friend. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Kachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Kachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Kachava. Just go to Kachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money i'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans we always like to get the families together matt for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer we've already got that trip to saint simon's on the calendar pumped for that but sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host, or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It is now time for the credit card optimization segment of our episode today, Joel. So let's say someone is listening. They're on board with using their, their credit cards properly, right? They've got that sober view of how credit cards work. And maybe now you want to use them as a way to nab some rewards. 
And if that's you, so much of this, so much of your strategy is going to depend on how it is that you use credit cards and specifically what categories you spend the most money on. So let's go ahead now and mention what we're going to call the how to money super chill credit card optimization strategy. Oh, it's a branding. So sweet on that, Matt. It's a mouthful. <laughs> uh, but we think this is this really is an effective approach for most folks out there. So let's now discuss what this three card approach entails. And first of all, uh, we think it definitely includes the American Express Blue Cash Preferred card. Uh, that's one that most folks will benefit from. It is important to point out that this card comes with a $95 annual fee, which sounds like bad news bears. But you are looking at a 6% cash back uh, reward at grocery stores, as well as on streaming subscriptions as well. Joel and I, we both love this card. A, because we've got bigger families. And B, we purchase a ton of groceries. That being said, it may not be worth it if, let's say, you're single. Maybe you live by yourself. Or you're always eating takeout. Like, because yeah. really, the grocery store is the main feature of this card. Exactly. And if that's the case, uh, you would be wasting $95 every single year were you to get this card. Uh, and so an important number to keep in mind, there's a break-even point between this card and the version of this card that does not come with a fee. But the break-even point is that you need to be spending at least $380 a month on groceries in order to make the annual fee for this card worth it. Yeah. And I know a lot of people, especially if if they have a, a significant other, a partner, or even just a kid or two, they're definitely spending more than that, especially given what's happened with inflation and groceries uh, this past year. Yeah, your family spends 200 bucks a month just on eggs. <laughs> it so. feels like it right now. It certainly <laughs> does, right? And so, it, yeah, if you're spending in the 500 plus uh, range on groceries, this is probably the first credit card you should have. Yep in your wallet, right? And, and and, I mean, 6%. Yeah. Like, literally, you're not going to find any card out there that is paying a cashback percentage this high. Not, that not is, anywhere close. 6% is so killer. So, get this card, pay for your streaming, and pay for your groceries with it, and it's going to pay for itself, for sure. And uh, the, the next card in this super chill credit card optimization strategy is uh, the City Custom Cash Card, which clocks in at 5% in any single category of spending. So this is where your personal spending patterns come into play. Because if you spend a big chunk of change every month eating out, then this is the card you're going to want to use at restaurants. And if you spend a, a ton at different gas stations, or let's say you spend a bunch at Home Depot and Lowe's, right? Well, then this is your gas or home improvement card. And then literally right on the card with a Sharpie so that you get those mm -hmm. max rewards in that specific category and always use that credit card in that one place. Don't spend it anywhere else because you're only getting 1% on other categories. But the City Custom Cash Card is a great card for people to have to use in basically their top spending category. Yeah, beyond, like everybody, most folks are going to be going to the grocery store. It depends on how much you actually spend at the grocery store as to whether or not the Amex Blue Cash Preferred is going to be worth it. But then next, you're looking at that city custom cash card. And then lastly, we think that everyone should have a basic 2% cashback card. There are two of these out there that have been around for a number of years now uh, that we consistently recommend. First of all, the Fidelity Visa is great. Uh, and what's cool about uh, this card, you can sock those rewards straight into an IRA, which is super cool. Mm -hmm. You know, like we're totally fine with you earning points for free travel. 
I like free flights. But at least with the monetary perks that you get from these straight up cash back cards, I love the idea of you using them as a way to invest for your future, right? Like this isn't income that you're banking on. Uh, and so instead of splurging maybe a little bit extra, just toss those, those few extra dollars every month into your Roth IRA or into even a taxable brokerage account if you're already maxing out your IRA. Uh, but it would be really cool to see just how much those reward dollars could grow for your future when invested. Uh, in particular, if you are finding it difficult to get investing or or maybe you're finding that you haven't been able to max out some of uh, you know your IRA, I think this is an awesome way to kind of give you that boost that future you will most definitely appreciate. Yeah, so this credit card optimization strategy, it really entails getting three cards. The MX Blue Cash Preferred is one, the City Custom Cash is two, and then a 2% cashback card is third. Either the Fidelity Visa that Matt just mentioned, or the City Double Cash, which is another one of our favorites that consistently pays 2% cash back on everything, which is also well worth considering. So get those three cards. And that's really, for most people, going to optimize your rewards without overthinking it, right? It's a it's a simple strategy to maximizing rewards. And we actually uh, have an article kind of um, outlining how this works that we'll link to in the show notes for this episode that you can check out and you can kind of read and see like, oh, okay, now this makes sense. Because hopefully us talking about it made sense, but sometimes reading it <laughs> makes uh, will help it make more sense. But th- some of you might be saying, well, I-, I can optimize more than that though, right? Of course you can. Like, I think we just wanted to offer a, a an easy like way to start for people to say like, to, you don't have to overthink it. And there's ways for you to get 6% back on a lot of things, 5% back on a lot of things and 2% back on everything else. And you don't have to deal with rewards and redemptions and stuff like that for travel. Revolving categories, yes. things changing. Like that's, personally, I'm not a huge fan of that. Like yeah. I don't like jumping through some of those additional hoops. The sure. ability to kind of set it and forget it is, is what this optimization strategy is all about. Yeah, it's like a simple method, really, Mm -hmm. for people to do the basics to score the low-hanging fruit by using credit cards. But then, yeah, if you're a super organized person, you might, it might make sense for you to open additional cards over time to score extra rewards. We're not against that at all. And Matt and I, we do that ourselves. But uh, yeah, just wanted to at least give you that simple strategy. But like, because let's say you're a renter, the built credit card is literally oh, the, yeah. the only credit card on the market <laughs> that offers you rewards just for paying rent. And it are, is possible. This yes. is a real card. And and there's not any other card that offers the same feature. Like you can't get, get paid, get rewards for paying rent, except for with this credit card. You can mm-hmm. check out our review of that card at howtomoney.com slash built, B-I-L-T. But you know, this would be a very solid fourth card for renters even if you only use it to pay rent each month. There's no annual fee either, which makes this one really worthwhile and attractive. Uh, and you can also uh, go to our How to Money credit card tool, howtomoney.com slash credit cards. That's credit card tool out there, man. Yeah, and you can click a few buttons and you can easily filter based on kind of the rewards that, that you're looking for specifically. Yeah, specific, Yeah, by the, whether or not you're looking at getting cash back or if you're looking for points from an airline and then specifically what airline that you are looking to get those uh, points with. And if you're a business owner, some of those business cards Boom. are even more lucrative and you can click the business button right there and you can filter by that too. Yeah, that's an awesome tool. <laughs> Uh, but aside from the specific credit cards out there, there are a couple of ways that we want to discuss here to make credit cards work even better for you. And we would recommend you trying to negotiate with your credit card issuer 
specifically to ask for a reduction on that annual fee. Some of those travel cards out there, the, the annual fee is pretty stinking high. Yeah. And case in point here, our friend Scott Rickens, he literally had chat GPT. So that's the you know the AI that has been all up in the headlines. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're living under a rock if you missed chat GPT. <laughs> uh, he had it write a script for him to ask for an annual fee reduction. He said it was, it was super easy to do. Saved him 500 bucks. He, he's talking, I think it was like the, is it the Amex Platinum card that he was referring to? So, that's yeah. got like a $500, four, you know, $495 annual fee. But it only took him 10 minutes. We'll link to <laughs> the, the Twitter thread where he was talking about that. But, you know, to, to be able to have your cake and eat it too by, by getting a great card with sick perks, with sick benefits, all while avoiding hefty fees, we're all for that. Yeah. Okay. One other way to kind of maximize credit cards in your life is to take advantage of the the hidden benefits that credit cards offer. And the rewards, the sign-up bonuses, those get all the press. That's what, you know, again, is in the commercials. That's what they're publicly touting. But the best credit cards offer benefits that go beyond those headline rewards. So for instance, with some cards, you can get primary rental car coverage. That's actually what that built card I just mentioned, that howtomoney.com slash B-I-L-T, that card that can, where you can earn for paying rent. Well, you can also get primary rental car coverage which is incredible. Not many cards even offer that. All with zero annual fee. I mean, that that's a really sweet secondary perk that most people don't talk about. Uh, trip cancellation insurance comes with other credit cards too. Airport lounge access, cell phone insurance. If you pay your cell phone bill with a particular card, like the built card, every single month, it's one of those things where it, you drop your phone, you lose your phone. Guess what? It's insured. Those can be just as rewarding though as the headline cashback number and the travel words you might get um, with some cards. Uh, it's just worth mentioning. Like, dig into that fine print and see. Okay, well, what what is this credit card offering in addition to just two percent cash back, or in addition to that five percent in my favorite category? Like, what else is it going to give me on top of that? And then optimize your credit card use accordingly. That's right, man. Dig into those benefits, and if you use credit cards properly. They can kind of act like an interest-free loan. Uh, not only that, they can award you even greater benefits like cash rewards, free travel. That's what we've been discussing just now. Again, do the banks get rich off of folks using credit cards? Yeah. There are too many people out there who are using credit cards poorly. The rest of us wouldn't have access to these perks if they started changing their spending habits uh, and if they pay their, their credit card debt off. If credit card rewards evaporated because that became a reality, would we be happy about that? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But that's not the way that the world works. That's not how our financial system, are, you know, it's not structured that way, at least not yet. Uh, and so we've all got to make up our mind about how uh, and even if we're going to partake and use credit cards in a world that's polarized by them. Here at How to Money, we are all for smart use, but this is one that we think good folks can hopefully agree to disagree on. Yeah, agreed. And and by the way, if you're listening to this and you're like, I'm in credit card debt, well, that's something that's like a hot high priority for us is we want to see you get out of that. And we've got resources on howtomoney.com to help you figure out, make a plan to pay off your debt and prior episodes as well that speak to debt payoff and creating a plan so that you can get rid of it sooner than later. That's really important. And it's really important that you not use those credit cards for the time being while you're getting out of it. You don't want to continue to dig yourself a hole while you're also trying to crawl out of it. Like that's that's not a good strategy. So if you haven't had good habits with credit cards, we want you 
to develop those, but maybe wait until after you're out of the debt uh, all the way to even consider starting again. Sure. And and yep. also, by the way, if you want to learn more about our super chill credit card optimization strategy, you can go to howtomoney.com slash optimize to check that one out. But Matt, let's get back to the, the beer for this episode. This one was called The Judge, and it's by Memphis Made Brewing Company. What were your thoughts on this chocolate vanilla porter? I thought it was pretty tasty, man. We don't often have porters here on the show. And so I'm always, it's always fun to have uh, a different style that we don't often frequently drink. Uh, but that being said, I felt like, uh, you know, when you have a piece of toast and it's been toasted like a little bit too long and it gets, it's not like bitter, but it has like a little bit of those like bitter chocolate notes, mm-hmm. uh, like on the malts, like on the the actual grains. That's what this one kind of reminded me of, especially the, the first sip I took it. I don't know. That's, that, that's definitely what came to mind. Like before you put the butter on there, uh, you know, so I feel like the butter kind of sweetens it up a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, that being said, I definitely enjoyed it. Nice. What'd you y- think? Yeah. I mean, well, chocolate vanilla. I'm kind of a basic dude. I like chocolate vanilla. Like give me a swirl ice cream cone. I'm, I'm a happy guy. <laughs> uh, so this one, yeah, it's like, because it, those are the two basic ingredients kind of had that swirl uh, elements that taste uh, going on. So nice. I, I liked it. And porters aren't typically my favorite, but I thought this one was was pretty tasty. Yeah. Well, it's just nice to have some of these darker flavors without getting really filled up. And yeah. oftentimes you will get filled up more often with a stout. And with a porter, you get all that flavor, but you get it without all that body, without all without all that weight. Yeah. That just a little weight. bit lighter for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. No all right. Well, but yeah, definitely enjoyed it. That's going to do it for this episode. For folks who want the show notes, you can find those up on our site at howtomoney.com. And we'll link to a lot of the resources that we mentioned in today's show. But Matt, that's going to do it for this episode. Until next time, best friends out. Best friends out. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides in seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com.